Mom's your Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Fear Bag, where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Fear Bag, where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm, of course, your host, Tyler McRae, and joined with me is uh, my friendly neighbourhood neighbourino, you know, the happiest man in Springfield, God's right-hand man. It's uh, Cal Reader, everyone. Cal, how are we doing? Howdy doody, neighbour. I'm good. I, like, obviously, this episode is going to come back, come out a little bit after Halloween. I am currently dressed as everyone's favourite neighbour, uh, Ned Flanders. I was, I was trying to think of a fucking... The woman who moved in to the other side, but I can't remember her name. Lorraine. Uh, uh, no, I'm dressed as... Maybe next year I'll go as Lorraine. But, yeah, there is a picture on the Facebook group. It's... I went full hard. I've got socks, Simpson socks on as well. And uh, He's gone legit, folks. Even got the tash. Even went tash. And I've, literally, people ask me at work, it was just like, so you grew that tash? You, is it a fake, real, fake tash? Or have you like... You've grown it really quickly. I went, I had a beard literally yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and the episode we're reviewing today is Season 3, Episode 22's The Otto Show, directed by Wes Archer, written by Jeff Martin, with the original air date being April the 23rd, 1992, and the couch gag being Santa's little helper growls at the family and they all sort of leave and around him. So, um, as I always say, um, Cal, do you have any initial early memories of this? And if so, um, what was it like? Um, I mainly remember the Spinal Tap thing. I've not, I've not actually ever seen Spinal Tap. It is on my list. Oh, it's uh, fun, man! I do recommend it. Yeah, it does seem like a fun, a fun show, uh, fun film. Sorry, um, I always get this one mixed up though with, um, the one where Otto gets married, which I think we talked about. Maybe a couple of episodes ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's good. I I enjoy these episodes where it kind of like it it circles in on some of the smaller characters. What about yourself? Um, I will say. Uh, I think initially watching it, it gives me memories of um sort of early Simpsons outings for me. Uh, my best friend at the time. This was his uh, first ever DVD box set. Was season three. And me and him would uh you know watch disc after, disc after disc again and again till the cows came home and you know a lot of season three sits uh, well with my heart and um this is the final episode of the season three as well folks and personally i think it wraps up season three quite well like you say with otto as just a tertiary character I'm, i will say i'm not the biggest fan of otto as a character i think he's very one note but i think they get every sort of joke and all the uses out of him in this one. I think they do it really well. Am I, am I right in thinking, I don't know if you may have mentioned it in a previous episode, um, Otto was going to be, it's either it's Otto or it's someone else, was going to be a main, like, uh, sorry. Am I right in thinking that Otto was supposed to be a main character, um, but the guy who does his voice, it hurt his voice, so he, he kind of yeah, doing Yeah, that it. was in our very first review of um, Dancing Homer. Yeah, uh, Harry Shearer hated, or still uh, hates doing his voice to an extent now, and they're going to make more of him, but he's quite one, though, and you know all that rambliness, and hey, Bert, dude, and 
yeah, it was too much for him. So I'm glad he got his own one-off episode here. And we open straight into action, folks. We see a black, you know, cool 80s uh, metal t-shirt and it's Bart wearing it. He's about to see Spinal Tap at the Springfield Coliseum. And he says, to him, you know, come on, Homer, hurry up on a whip eggs at the warm-up act. And Homer comes down in his concert-going jacket there with an old Billy Beer can. God knows how old that is, and he necks it anyway. Um, what are your um, concert or live music experiences here, Cal? Uh, not so, I've, I've not really got a concert attire. I know one of our mutual friends from uni. Um, not so much concert, but he has specific club shirts, what he wears, because he knows it's going to get wrecked in certain clubs in Sheffield. Um, me, myself... Uh, I've, uh, you know, I like my amateur stuff. I remember one time, um, being in a local pub, and <laughs> well, uh, it, this guy started playing, and he was really good. It was really, really, really interesting. Um, performing, performing more than anything, and he starts. Someone shouts, "Play Wonderwall!" He's like, "Fuck it, I'll play Wonderwall." Play no. Wonderwall, and then. Somebody said, play Angels. He's like, I don't know it. And then he tried playing it. And it's weird. It was a, it was a really weird folk night before that. Um, and this guy who was dressed basically like 1970s era, David Bowie gets on the stage. He's like, I know how to play it. And it's just, just I was like, shit face. It's about two o'clock in the morning. I should have been at home because I was working the next day. And everyone's just singing Angels by Robbie Williams, which is a classic. It's a great crowd pleaser. Uh, crowd pleaser crowd pleaser um i've also i think i've discussed it here before i once lost a fight uh for a drumstick with a lesbian uh how i knew she was a lesbian <laughs> is because she went and kissed her her girlfriend and said i just be- uh, beat some straight guy for a fucking drumstick so what about yourself i don't think anything can really top that mad fever dream and the lesbian scuffle but um I did have, I think from maybe 17 to 20, had these special sort of um, red jeans or red trousers that I'd used to sort of, when I'm going to these, uh, you know, local sort of rock gigs and that. And when I was able to see the Hives live as well in um, the Montford Hall in uh, Leicester, yeah, I definitely wore them. And I wore them out to a couple of other live events. So I definitely got a fond heart and fond clothing uh, from a early gigging memories. But uh, I'll get into more of my, live concert experiences, mostly with um, the Chili Peppers and Saban, but we'll get into that once we get to uh, Springfield Coliseum here. But we have Homer saying, you know, oh, it's fine, you know, Spinal Tap won't play too loud. I listened to loads of loud music back in the day and it didn't affect me. And you just hear the, eh, the constant ringing whilst Marge is trying to, you know, act all concerned and that. How's your hearing, Cal, then? Because I know you're a, you're, a, you're a fan of live music or, you know, the club scenes. What? <laughs> humor had by all um it's not so much, i'll be honest it it wasn't so much it's only in recent years when my hearing's kind of come worse um i became a drummer a couple of years ago and i never wore protection um so now <laughs> wouldn't recommend it because now in my right ear if there's loud music playing i can't hear shit i i remember i went out with one of my friends um a couple of months back and she met, she was bumped into her boyfriend, and it was a bit awkward. You kind of like alpha dogging and all that shit. And I was like, "Yep, yeah, no, this is a really fun situation. I'm gonna go." Ended up 
because like he kept on saying stuff into my deaf ear and i was just like i can't i don't know what he's saying like i'm deaf in his ear he's like oh yeah okay and once spoke back into my right ear and i was like i, I, I don't yeah yeah no i <laughs> what on, are you mate. saying yeah i agree and he's just like and he's like all oh, right you should tell her i was like tell her what i was like no you should tell her that. i was like tell, i don't yeah i don't know what am i telling her? i can't fucking hear you prick like what are you doing um so yeah it's not it's not great <laughs> My mate suffers worse for it, but it's not gig related. It's more kind of veteran related, but it's great. Best conversations we never heard. Now just meet me back here after the show. Thanks, Dad. Sure you're not going to be bored? Boy, some of the best times I've ever had were in the back seat of a car. <laughs> oh. oh, baby. Oh, oh. The pickup uh, Millhouse as well and his, you know, expensive Bazooka Joe Comet leather jacket there with uh, no shirt for some reason. But there you go. They have uh, Homer drop them off and Homer's not actually going to the gig. They ask, you know, are you all right waiting around? You're not going to be bored. And um, I'd say one of the favorite scenes in this cow. I mean, I'm sure you'll like it as well. But Homer going, oh, boy, you know, you can you can't even imagine how much fun he can have in the backseat of the car. And you think, you know, he's um, up at Mako point shagging or whatever with all these noises but no he's got a oh he's got a full spread cow we see what do we see pizza hot dog beer i mean this is a luxury surely yeah no i i, I agree it's 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 not my favorite joke in in the episode when it comes to the car stuff i think my other things when he's just eating he's going da, 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 and everything's just going off in the background it's probably my favorite one of my favorites yeah, he attaches a lot of his favourite memories and pastimes with food that I can highly relate to it. We get him walking past, um, we get Millhouse and Bart walking past all the shirts and that, the official shirts and like the, you know, the Dick Gaddafi uh, getting kicked in the butt by Spinal Tap. Now this will be um one of Tyler's many sort of concert memories. When I went to my first Chili Pepper gig, on their Stadium Arcadium tour in 06, 07. Uh, first concert I went to, went with my dad, it was a special time, but um, my dad was adamant, right, you're not getting a t-shirt, they're about 20, 25 pound. So as we were um, walking up to the Milton Keynes Bowl, sort of on the outskirts on the premises of it, um, was a fella selling sort of knock-up uh, knock sort of stuff with a, with a poor print of Stadium Arcadium on the front. So... My dad was all over it. It was only about a fiver. Yeah, and now um, I'll stick a photo of it up on the Facebook page, but I've still got that today. It's one of my uh, many sleeping shirts, if you will, Cal. So uh, it's got a lot of memories, uh, you know, you know, frugalness and the chili peppers, which is pretty much uh, my main personality traits now. Your bed pot, Billy Peppers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Then get. It's, why is it in aerial font? <laughs> Oh no, it's in comic sounds, no. <laughs> we get KBBL's Bill and Marty there behind the scenes with our guests of the episode, folks, Spinal Tap. And they ask him a few questions, you know, they have one keyword that surrounds them all this time, you know, washed up. But here they are in, in front of the most top 200 live acts in the world. What's their secret? And um, I love these Spinal Tap scenes, Cal. I know you haven't seen it, but this is just typical of the humour you get in the film it's like constant bickering or you know like 
uh, completely overselling themselves as these amazing artists when they're just these sort of old, haggard uh, hair metal men. Now, a bit of behind-the-scenes stuff here, Cal, um, through a few podcasts I've listened to and some background notes. Um, the three main acts in this, including Harry Shearer, you know, well, lifetime member of The Simpsons, he was in the film as well. He's the fellow with the handlebar moustache. That is Harry yeah. Shearer. Um, behind the scenes, listening to the commentaries, apparently they're a bit awkward to work with. Harry Shearer was fine. Um, Michael McKean, the blonde one, he was all right, but they had an absolute stick with um, Christopher Guest. Apparently he was just a bit um, unreasonable to work with and saying, you know, oh, this is a Mickey Mouse operation. And also with certain executives of Fox, they didn't like it because their music rights cost, you know, a fair bit. And with that money, they could have got, quote, a real band uh, looking at Wikipedia here. So a lot of, you know, negative stuff behind the scenes. But you wouldn't know it from these scenes. I mean, what do you think of these Spinal Tap scenes, Cal, before I go on? The curious thing I, I, I found, like I said, I hadn't seen the film. I kept, when I was kind of looking into it, I know, like, they, they kind of, after the film, they did actually go on tour. Um, the the thing what I noticed one of them um, speaks a lot less than the others I assume he was the one who was kind of being a bit of a dick about it and such um, I don't think he has, I don't think one of them actually says a line I don't know if, I can't remember it's been it might be the handlebar fellow if so there. that's Harry Shearer because I know he was quite no uh... no no he speaks it's oh, the other right. one it's, it's not the blonde one the other one he just doesn't. Oh yeah, that's Christopher Guest. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he actually got credit or what, but I believe he only says like maybe a word or something like that. If that. We have Spinal Tapper about to go on stage, and you know, much like their iconic scenes of, um, you know, Stonehenge wanting a replica of Stonehenge on stage, but it's about two foot tall. Um, you know, there's water all everywhere because you know during the week it's an ice rink, and you know this isn't a bleeding splish splash show, but. They've got to go on, and it all seems to go tits up, but the crowd love it, even though, you know, the drummer gets squashed by the... <laughs> and this is my best bit throughout this whole thing, you know, the deflated devil coming down and... Um, the drummer keeps on going. He just keeps going, he even smacks it with his head here and there. <laughs> but it's um, it's just the line of, like, um, filled up with air, it's usually very evil and impressive. Like, please don't lose this illusion, folks. And we salute you, our half-inflated Dark Lord. They have a bit of banter back and forth through Spinal Tap, and I feel like this is um, this is very common in a lot of uh, this early 80s hair rock, you know, being a bit bombastic and saying, you know, oh, we thought they knew how to rock in and the name of town, Shelbyville, but no one rocks like, and he looks at his guitar, Springfield. Well... It seems some silly twit did not get a big enough oxygen pump, but that's supposed to be a devil. Filled up with air, it's very evil and impressive. We salute you, our half-inflated Dark Lord. It's classic of, like, famous bands just not knowing where they are because they're just so out of it. It's been several cases of famously... They they called this completely different town. I think it happened in Manchester. I think they called them Liverpool or some oh, or some shit. No. I can't remember who it was, um, but they got booed off the stage quite quickly. I think it was an American band. Um, 
it, but it kind of it, it kind of rolls into it later in the episode where they get booed off the stage, and uh, <laughs> and so okay then Springden, <laughs> you had it. There will be no encores, and then they're off. Oh yeah, that was it. Um, yeah, I remember Bill Bailey doing a bit in one of his sets um, about you know these big musicians not remembering where they're uh, performing, and I believe it's he saw Tina Turner and she was like. 50 minutes late and she comes on and she goes i just want to say i want to thank all my fans for the support and i know you're out here sopping wet because of the rain and i just want and this big black guy next to him just says sing bitch (laughs) ah for those for our international listeners please check out bill bailey's uh musical masterpiece and a great comedy stand-up as well spinal tap just protest and they leave but this incites a riot with um otto and snake who we'll see shortly but Homer's quite oblivious to this, even though the LA rights going on all around him with a little Spanish flea melody there. You know, he's got his own lyrics to it. He's still enjoying his food. He's yeah, he's just living life, Homer, whilst all this uh, madness happens around him. There was a little Spanish flea, a record star, he thought he'd be. He heard of singers like Beatles, the Chipmunks he's seen on TV. Why not a little Spanish flea? And so he did. Then we get a cut to uh, Kent Brockman reporting on this um, riot, you know. Haven't seen such a manic sentence since uh, Mozart's The Magic Flute way back in the day. And, you know, should we ban all music? In this journalist's opinion, yes, we should. I think season three, when they started having Kent as not just the newsreader, but like, oh, he's got his opinions and he's actually putting them across to the world. Like, he's not a good journo. He's this really opinionated Fox News type. Yeah, I'd, like I said, I is. Especially with the Simpsons, I've explained it before. Especially, believe it. Uh, especially at the beginning of this episode, where I kind of said how they developed the characters to just have their own personalities a lot more, and you kind of see, especially Ken, even in later seasons, um, being more kind of like a Bill, not Bill Bailey. What's his name? Bill O'Reilly. Character. Yeah. And like arguing with like Artie in the sky and all that stuff, and I think it's really good. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy minimal uh, characters because they're the ones that always have the funniest line because you don't expect what they're coming through. How do we do, folks? Do you enjoy Simpsons podcast as much as this one you're listening to right here? Then go check out our friends at the Four One One Folks Simpsons podcast. They review the Simpsons uh, chronologically, seasons one to. God knows whatever season they're on now. Um, with jokes, japes, accents and a whole load of fun as well. So that's the 411 folks at Facebook. Also, if you haven't checked our podcast out, go to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, a British Simpsons podcast, and the same on our SoundCloud as well, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback. Now back to your regularly scheduled listening. Bart has loved this riot. They come out unscathed, uh, Homer and Bart. Millhouse gets left under all these chairs, reminiscent of ECW when they chucked all the chairs in the ring. But Bart loved it, you know, through this, he wants to be a rock star. And uh, Marge contemplates it and thinks, oh, if he really loves it that much, maybe we should get him a guitar. And Homer, um, much like being a typical dad, say, oh, we've already got a guitar, look at this. And it's Maggie's baby guitar there, poorly made. You know, no, I mean a real guitar, this is real. And I, maybe, I think maybe I'm the only one here, Cal, but have you ever done that to test sort of like the strength or the quality of something like just smash it against your head i've definitely done it with um baking trays or like um wooden stuff you know like oh like um 
my own oak furniture land sort of advert, you know, oh, it's hard against my head that, you know, that's quality. Uh, not not so much with my head. It was more, especially when I worked in um, Costa, which is like a coffee shop over here, similar to like Starbucks type thing. Um, and I always remember one of the first, if you, have you worked in a bar before or anything like that? Yeah, briefly, briefly. Yeah. See, you know, basically, if you, when you take the glasses out of the dishwasher, there's about a 50% chance they make this explode. And sometimes when there's loads of heat and it's cold in the area, it just it expands really quickly and it explodes. So we used, occasionally we'd have it, because um, we used to keep the glasses on top of the machine, um, occasionally they would, they would just explode sometimes and all that stuff. And I remember once dropping, a, I was putting some glasses away, and it, it wasn't busy, it was about four or five people in the queue of that and it was getting ready to close and I drop it drop one glass and it literally bounces and oh, I was just spooky. and I was just like what the fuck and then the guy was just like oh well like those glasses are really made really well I was like you'd be surprised and as I'm like spinning them on my fingers go and tap them and it's just literally you couldn't even write this shit explodes both glasses just explode in my hands I'm just like oh fuck okay so I'm, I like drop the shards of glass and stuff. And it turns around, he goes, you all right? I go, yeah, no, I'm fine. He's just like, you bleeding? I was like, no, I'm not. It's like, yeah, you are there. And like, put it in my hand. So I was like, what? It's literally as a kid, like, looked up, my hands is literally dripping of blood. I'm like, shit, okay. Um, I'll be back. I'll get them to make you a different coffee, which hasn't got fucking be positive blood in it. <laughs> But, um, you know, he's finally got his guitar now and he goes off into little dream worlds. Um, and I, I don't know if, who's uh, what kind of influence they got from here. Maybe it's Motley Crue or a Sid Vicious. You know, he's playing his latest hit, you know, me fans are stupid pigs with his uh, sort of horrible London accent there. And then we see him sort of spaced out, jaw swinging on a hotel floor, manager saying, you've got to go on, slag off, oh. I think we said before about um, Americans doing British accents. I don't like him using our words as well, Cal. But what did you think about this dream sequence here? It's not so much the British accent. Like, I occasionally am offended. To, I'm not that offended, really. You can't really offend me. But it's, 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 it is when they kind of use certain words, it just, especially when it's just kind of like, it, no, you don't use that word like that. Like, it's, I don't know, like wanker, when you go, when you go wanker, when they say twat instead of twat. That's one of my big pet peeves when they say twat. Oh, you're acting like a twat. Yeah, with what a no. Twat is that? <laughs> what are you talking about? Bart's trying to practice and he's not doing too well, you know, he's trying to learn the basics, but it just sounds poly wolly crappy. But he gets on the bus to school and Otto notices, you know, the sweet ex dude. Um, but. Bart thinks it's broken, but Otto just takes it and he turns into God Eddie Van Halen, Hendrix, whatever you want to know. Um, best hair metaler there. Now, I don't know what kind of music is Otto into. Is he just the typical metal head then? Because this would have been, I guess, he would have been in the eighties as a younger man, and he can play this like hair metal. But is he just sort of the typical Metallica fella? Because also when this was released, you'd have the grunge scene coming up. So where would Otto stand? Uh, I wouldn't say so much. It's kind of post grunge. Well, I don't know. It's kind of mid grunge, isn't it? Um, I'd say he's just he's just a hair metal fan. That's all he is. Like, so you got 
I, I wouldn't say Bon Jovi, not so much Bon Jovi, but kind of like your Def Leppards. White Snake. Your, um, yeah. And um, what's it fucking called? Lizzie Summit. Thin Lizzie? Uh, Thin Lizzie, that's the one. I'm tired, man. Like, yeah. Um, those types of band, that's the type of like mosher type music, like classic mosher rather than like screamer mosher like myself. But what we, what would you say? What do you say type of music you into? Because well, the sound of the guitar and that it seems very um, like a more intense um, Van Halen. So, I'd, or you know, your typical Metallica or uh, Iron Maiden type. Yeah, I think that's what it's playing. But then if it, that, that's type of like what you expect, but then he goes straight into um, Freebird. Yeah, he does, yeah. So I, I, I didn't mind it, because obviously uh, it's a great gag, by the way. Um, people think, how long is it, like 10 or 11 minutes, the actual song? Uh, it's about eight minutes. The best the best gag when it came to music, uh, about music and stuff like that, is when um, Bart changes all the hymns. I can't remember what episode it's from. Bart changes all the hymn sheets to... Um, in a Garden of Eden by Iron Butterfly, and that song goes on for 22 minutes, and they all sing it, <laughs> and they sing it, and then it cuts away, and it's like 22 minutes later, and she's still playing, it's like, da 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 Oh, good. Boom, collapses um, onto the piano. Yeah, yeah. Otto gives him her own little concert, whole free birds and everything there. Was, they've even got a few lighters there swaying around, but Martin, you know, is a... Drab do good says, oh, you know, I might get a wedgie for this, but you know, we were supposed to be in school ten minutes ago, but Otto realizes, oh shit, you know, stick your seatbelts on. We don't have seatbelts. Try to go limp then, and then he just zooms off there and decides to take a shortcut, burst through the burning Springfield tire yard, and they end up passing the Spinal Tap, who are recollecting um how the concert went last night, and they did this a lot in the film. Yeah, quite good. Like something catastrophic would happen, um, I think in the film as well, like they get through a load of drummers, they end up going through, you know, odd deaths with the drummer. Yeah. And they always go like, oh, you know, it could have been worse. It was only his head and all that. Otto crashes um through and they end up blown up, so that's uh, the last you see is spinal tap in a big ball of flame and wreckage. They go through the police picnic there, Wiggum's there, even shouts, you know, Oh good lord. Anyone get that license plate? Uh, I didn't think to look, Chief. Sheer incompetence you, as well. Do you think the whole bus thing? I don't see. I don't know when. If if it kind of lines up too well, um, the young ones. Ooh, yeah, with the double decker. Yeah. Oh yeah, ninety eight four young ones uh, finished. So, for for any listeners who have not seen the young ones, we've talked about it before. It's a very, very funny British um, show with the late Rick Mayo and um, Adrian... I can't yeah, Edmondson. Um, and the last episode... I think it's the it's the University Challenge episode. No, no, that was the first episode of Series 2. The, fi- the final episode, I think the gate, they, they have a make on a gig or something like that. I can't remember the actual story, but they basically the idea behind it, the original story was for them to um, drive off a cliff and then they all it, the bus just gets crashed up and uh, and you know it's obvious that they're dead. The problem is, is when the bus went straight over the mountain, um, it didn't actually get beat up at all. Yeah, it was one take. Yeah, it was a one take. So then you decided to just blow it up. <laughs> Not only was it over a cliff, folks, it was through a cliff. Richard had as well. 
Look out, Cliff! This is it! It's really happening! Who needs qualifications? Who cares about Thatcher and unemployment? We can do just exactly whatever we want to do! And you know why? Because we're young ones! Bachelor boys! Crazy, mad, wild-eyed, big-bottomed anarchists! Look out! But Otto, um, you know, until he gets a license, doesn't even have a license, folks, until he stops endangering people and gets his license, he is suspended. And Principal Skinner takes over, um, you know, the bus driving duties there. But he quite enjoys it, you know, hail to the bus driver. He's quite, uh, yeah, he, he's really enjoying it until he has to face some proper traffic. Um, and Lisa saying, no, oh, I think you should be aggressive. So, nonsense, you know, one of these fine citizens will let me in. Um, I know you don't drive yourself here, Cal, but it annoys me when people don't take initiative on the road. I mean, he's in a proper school bus as well. Like, I have to go through, a, you know, an industrial state to get to my work. So I see the HGVs. They don't give a fuck. They just bully their ways. He could be bullying his way through that. Yeah. Now, I don't officially drive. Uh, drive. I've drove in the past, um, both learning and when I potentially shouldn't have been. Um However, I'm fully I'm fully aware of how you're supposed to be aggressive, but not too aggressive. And I remember when my sister first passed, and we were driving, driving around somewhere, and she's just like people are cutting her off and stuff because she's been really nervous, and she's like hands at two and six or whatever it is, not two and six. <laughs> uh, what's it nine and nine and three? Um and driving properly and all that stuff and then she was I, I was literally just telling everyone to like fuck off and get out of the way and you know, do your do your fucking job and all that stuff and then the next time I got into um the car where she was completely different she was just yelling at people I was just like yeah okay cool from bad to worse Otto goes back to his flat and you know it turns out he's been evicted from his landlord missing like three weeks worth of rent you know oh uh, can I at least get my stuff there all I found you know was a jar of mustard and some Cycle magazines. Oh, wow, I had mustard. One of the more memorable lines uh, from the show there. Bart's at the Quickie Mart. Um, he treats himself to a squishy, but I poo up sells him on getting a chutney squishy, which is uh, apparently really rank. You know, if it's mango, I mean, I'd be all over that. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's the best part. I remember when I used to work in Meadow Hall and we had to, like trial. I, I loved trialing stuff and I gave him free samples because I was just really good at just chatting shit and just getting people to just buy it and like I remember walking around Meadow Hall once and just got just given this little what 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 you take tablets in and all that stuff like a little ketchup pack thing yeah. and I was just like hey, shit okay sometimes they give me free booze it's great did it it was fucking that's it and I just kind of like spat it back out and I looked chucked it in the bin and then in the bin there was like about a hundred different full random fucking Empty limpsit things, but it's just is just making some shit, and that's why I miss about working like a, co- a cafe type place where you can just kind of trial and make your own drinks. I made a drink what once made what tasted like um, a roses cho- uh, strawberry chocolate because we had this weird summer lemonade shit. What just tasted it tasted like ass, but that's the thing we always used to trial. Just basically get rid of the stock. Um, but if you mixed it with 
something else, hot chocolate, and in the powder, and then put the milk in it and stuff. It tastes like a strawberry hot chocolate, uh, strawberry um, sweet, which is great. Apparently, also a barmaid told me recently, and I've still yet to try it. Tiramaria, tiramisu, what is it? Yeah, Tia, Tia Maria, Tia Maria, yeah. Yeah, that's a drink. Yeah, uh, an orange juice. It supposedly tastes like um, Terry's chocolate orange. Oh, really? To try it out, because I think it may be too thickly. I was going to say, would it not curdle a bit with the cream? But... I think so. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Bart chucks the chutney in the bin, and he sees Otto there, you know. He's not even saying in the proper dump, so it's a trash co-line waste disposal unit. So Bart offers him, you know, his bed, and, you know, Otto just takes it within an inch. Um... I'm trying to think, um, Cal, because Otto's got a distinctive gruff voice, and I don't know if uh, you ever watched Big Mouth with a hormone monster. Yeah, yeah. He sounds a lot like him now, so I don't know whether um, Nick Kroll borrowed a lot from that. Uh, yeah, potentially. I get where he's coming from. Like, I think if I'm honest, is um, the hormone monster's probably more to do with um, what's his name, Bull Arnett. Who does oh, yeah. uh, Jack Carson? Um, it's a fun. It's a fun. Like, is I don't know. Maybe. maybe. And not to get into Ty, Tyler's weird wrestling thing, as they do with um, Ellis sometimes, but it sounds a lot like an old wrestler called. Uh, have you ever heard of X Pac? Pointed at his dick a lot. Told people to suck it. Long black hair. A lot of people have told me to suck it in my time. <laughs> I went to Catholic school, man. Like, that's just fucking me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie, I can envision Otto in DX himself, you know, hitting him with a, I don't know, Bart, dude, uh, we're pretty tight as it gets, but, you know, me and DX would go way back, I don't know if we can get you in, you know, I'm like that freak Kane, you know, he was never going to get in, he's a big red freak, and at SummerSlam, I'm going to meet him in a cage, make some noise. But we're now into the third act, folks, and um, Otto wakes up, the whole family rocking out, and, you know, Marge does n- not remember having him stay but thankfully Bart's got a recording and he does the cute thing of you know oh you know mom can uh Otto stay with us as long as he wants he sure can and Homer just buys it straight away no I don't sound like that oh yeah that's what everyone says when they hear their voice um do you always have an issue with listening to your own voice do you hate your own voice a hundred percent. I um obviously all the times I listen back to this podcast, I don't listen back to this podcast. Occasionally I do, and then I find out shit where you've been lying to me for the last six weeks. Um, but the phone, what I'm in, it's a telephony based job, so occasionally I have to listen back to my calls, and it's absolutely heartbreaking. Um, I have a bigger lisp than I think I do, um, and I sound a bit more effeminate than I think I do as well, which is horrible. Um. That people hear me that way. But I remember the first I listened when I was listening back to my calls, um, when I'm not long started now, kind of getting more mastery. Um, I listened back to my first call. And have you ever worked like a telephony based job or anything like that? No, 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 no. It's I'm I'm a talkative person. I like I'm you know I can easily talk when I'm not kind of like knackered. My brain is frazzled. However, for some reason I I never got it. The whole people are scared to talk on the phone or anything. And the first call, I listened back to my first call, and I always remember, and I was silent for about two seconds, and then I started talking again, because the nerves just got me straight away. Uh, however, I counted it. It was about 
is 18 seconds of silence and me going uh, like Tina no way uh, um, oh no time is relative anyway but like fucking 15 seconds is a long fucking time where you're just going uh, big radius this person's trying to report his fucking I, I work in a bereavement based job People, this guy's trying to report his wife's dead I'm like uh, are, you, <laughs> so, are you okay he's like no you, I've just found out like me nana's dead like what the fuck we'll have Otto um you know, doing some typical late teenager stuff, just lazing about the house, you know, watching the prices right and that, um, just doing a lot of leisurely stuff, not tr- even trying to work in and on his, uh, getting his driver's license back. Uh, Homer says, you know, oh, he's got to go now. This is surely the final straw. But Marge has been, you know, caring and thinking, oh, you know, at least he's good with the kids. And very fit in recording this on, you know, Halloween and Otto's telling a you know scary story to Lisa about an axe wielding maniac. Does a little twist of you know uh, it was the axe wielding maniac, and this sets Lisa off, and that's the final straw for home. You know, forget it. You know, this is not happy days, and he's not the Fonz. Um, I do this line. I don't know about uh, families, Cal, but my dad's quite a big Simpsons fan like myself, and we share like lines together as a family tradition. And that's one of them. Just whenever I do see him, I go, hey, Mr. M. Like a little happy days thing there. So we've got a little uh, connection through that. We have Homer um, telling him, you know, listen, you last cookie in Klet called getting sponge. I want you out of my house. You big deadbeat. You know, Bart's trying to say, you know, oh, you can do it. You know, you're the smartest adult I know. Uh, and Otto, giving a bit of grim reality there, you know, oh, well, an adult, you know, um, I've been tried as well before, but uh, I'll do it. Uh, what do you think of this? Because obviously, Spinal Tap to Otto living with the Simpsons is a massive stretch, Cal. But how do you think these two stories end up meshing together? Did they mesh well? I I I know I I go on about this a lot, and I know I'm not a fan of when the beginning of the episode has nothing to do with the end of the episode, and it doesn't fit naturally. It's not like a natural development of a story. Now. I think this is a case where it actually works. I think it's very natural to try and kind of, you know, get the music scene into it. Oh, well, you know, um, Otto likes his music. Okay, how can you get a story from them? We've got one of the guys from Spinal Tap who's on the cast. Yeah, fuck it, let's just do that. Get him onto it. Have a riot. Get it. Uh, get Bart to play a song. It's all very, it all feels very naturally progressing. Rather than fucking, let's get a tennis court so we can have, we can go to one. Always by yourself. Tennis the menace is the low bar, isn't it? Well, I completely agree with you, um, wholeheartedly. It links very well. You've got the link of you know music and rock. Who's the biggest sort of rock fan or the biggest sort of you know rebel in the Simpsons? It's Otto, and there's like yeah, it's a perfect link. Um, there's no sort of hard left turn there. It's a natural means to an end it's a natural conclusion of the story i agree i 100 percent agree and it, it kind of it brings especially towards the end and such it brings um you know patty's hatred for uh for homer into the conversation yes barton homer is it patty uh, or selma it's selma isn't it? it is selma barton otto outside the dmv and you know otto is not feeling too comfy you know you did, it's right, I am a bum, you know. Oh, but he didn't call you a bum, he called you a sponge. And that's it, that's Run. too far. <laughs> Leaving massive dents in the wall. You want to talk about young ones, uh, Cal, that's very young one. Oh, yeah. It's almost like Vivian think... shoving the house to get close to the TV. <laughs> 100%. I think, like, that's one of the... That's 
that bit and the bit where it, on, in the news scene where uh, Bart's swinging in, into yeah. they're the two yeah. bits of this episode what I always, I always remember Sponge Sponge I don't know about this Bart dude your dad is right I am a bum he didn't call you a bum he called you a sponge Sponge does this look like something a sponge would do I'll show him who's a sponge. Well, if it isn't Wee Willie Washout. I want to take the test again. Why? So I can staple my license to Homer Simpson's big bald head. Really? Well, here's your written test. I'll get you started. B, C, D, A, B. Otto goes through and he's adamant, you know, I want to take this test. Why? So I can staple the results to Homer's big head. And, um, you know... Season in with Selma, or Selma season in with him, and um, she even helps him cheat on the test. He's knocking over cones, but he doesn't care because he's regaling stories of Homer's idiocy, eating a chicken wing on his face for three days, and he ends up passing his test. He looks all triumphant, Otto man. Do you know the backstory behind his what his surname was going to be? No, no, I personally don't like it because I think it's a bit corny, but apparently he was supposed to be called Otto Mechanic. Do you get it? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm glad they went with man and not mechanic. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of that. But Otto's got his driver's license now, and he quite literally rides off into the distance in the sunset, and Seymour hits him with the proud lines of the Hail to the Bus Driver Man song, and you go out in a little uh, little rocking outro, and that's how we end the episode, folks. Um, before we get to the rankings, I'll just say in a little nutshell that I really, I, surprisingly, I enjoyed this episode a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I think it's a great wrap-up to season three. I don't really want to see Otto again because they've done the absolute best with him. Anything else after is just, um, you know, quite frankly, a bit disappointing in my own humble opinion. But, um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode, Cal. So, it'll spoilers, I'm going to rank it fairly Highly, what about yourself? Yeah, I think I 100% agree with you. I think it's 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 definitely a diamond in rough, not a diamond in rough per se, but um, it's a lot stronger episode than I remember it being, and then of what I kind of expected going into it as well. Um, one thing you kind of misquoted: um, it isn't actually the season five uh, final. The season final is um, heard. And Herb comes into uh, Oh bloody series. hell. Uh, oh okay, that makes more episode sense. So twenty two. Um but yeah, it's a strong it's a definitely strong episode. There's good cameos, there's good humour, it doesn't ever drag at parts. Um Pat and Selma hilarious. Um you, you kinda see Skinner fucking go all Vietnam vet on him. Um it's just a strong it's a it's a very strong episode. I'd probably give it um an eight out of eleven. Hey, spinal tap. I know reference. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. That's another thing I didn't even bring up. The efficiency. Like we're straight into the concert and we're straight into the next beat of the story. It's incredibly um rightly efficient. Um with everything else I've just said before, I'll give this um ooh. I'll get it shy of uh, five out of five. I'll go four and a half out of five, um, Bazooka Joe comic. Okay, let's pull on that random episode generator and see what comes out next.
Get ready to set sail and serve your fellow seamen, because we're shipping off to Season 10 with Simpsons Tide. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, that's Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, a Simpsons podcast. Same with Twitter and our SoundCloud as well, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback podcast. Take care, folks. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.